Dispatches from Afghanistan. Why the Taliban won't agree to international demands, the ongoing suicide training schools, and plans to legalize the opium heroin trade. And just before I begin to preface, I am sorry for the noise in the background. It seems the electricity situation in Kabul is getting worse by the day. Normally, we just lose electricity for most of the morning hours from the early morning through to around midday. But it seems in addition to that, these days we are also losing electricity at night. So thank goodness for a little generator. Early last week, I found myself becoming easily irritated, frustrated, even angry, and not quite able to figure out what was going on. And then it hit me. Weeks and weeks of being invisible almost every time I walked into an interview or waited outside a ministry checkpoint takes a strange toll. I had, regrettably in many ways, somewhat accepted my place as a woman not to be seen under the deeply conservative Taliban rule. But those accumulated moments indeed festered into my subconscious, and I can only begin to scratch the surface of what Afghan women still here must be feeling. Such absence from the world is the future that lies ahead of them. It's embedded in culture and society, yes. Yet, I cannot help but wonder if we, as female foreign journalists, could and should play a more decisive part in not normalizing the secondary status of women in the eyes of the Taliban. Rather than allowing it to get the better of me, I have changed tactics. I look every single Talib I meet dead in the eye. I continue to stare even when it becomes uncomfortable for them. In addition, I'm sure to walk beside my photographer Jake and wonderful fixer producer Naweed whenever they exchange greetings, ensuring I am not left to languish to the side. At the amusement park on the edges of Kabul on Friday, the Talibs gathered around with perplexed faces as I took to going on the dizzying rides. I waved, some scattered, some stayed. Over dinner at the place of recreation, I continued to stare and acknowledge any Talib who peeped in our direction. You know what? 90% of them break. 90% of them forcibly acknowledge my perhaps overbearing presence. Small moral victories matter. Women have come too far to throw away the last two decades. Train these Talibans, many Afghans use the plural, which makes sense to me, the Pashto word means students, to do differently. And the social experiment of mine will continue, mark my words. Why the Taliban won't concede to international demands for recognition. It has been almost two months since the Taliban took complete control of the beleaguered Afghanistan, and the country has failed to secure much international recognition, nor successfully lobby for the unfreezing of more than $9 billion in assets. And although the war-ravaged nation is continuing to plunge deeper into economic hardship with each passing day, the top brass remains firm. It will not cower to external demands, such as immediate access to girls' education, which has been halted for three weeks now, or an inclusive government, which is instead filled with mostly hardline Pashtuns, sans women, or ethnic diversity, for a straightforward reason. The US and other countries want us to agree to several terms, warns one high-ranking Taliban intelligence official who requested anonymity as he is not authorized to speak to media. But it will backfire on us. All of the lower-level soldiers could then defect to ISIS and work against us. They did all the years of jihad to avoid this. Some of the most important of those terms from the West include full and equal women's rights, 
human rights as per international United Nations standards, restriction on the draconian application of Sharia law, which under the Taliban's last reign consisted of floggings, amputations, stonings, and town square hangings. A comprehensive government replete with representation from all political parties and avoid acts of terrorism or turning blind eyes to terror plots on its soil. It is something of a self-inflicted wound. Almost all the young foot soldiers receive little formal education before attending madrasas, preaching hardline interpretations of Islam. Moreover, the former insurgency has long espoused that its number one goal is to remove any foreign influence, thus conceding to Western demands on how to operate would likely be viewed by the deeply indoctrinated as running counter to its dominant narrative. ISIS-K, formerly termed ISIS-Khorasan, to reflect the broader South Asian scope, consists of anywhere between several hundred to several thousand operatives. The group has claimed responsibility for a string of brutal attacks in recent months. It is believed to act from its strongholds in the southeast in Nanganha province near the Pakistani border. ISIS is in Afghanistan and not coming from Iraq or Syria or other places, the source continues. They splintered from the Taliban, wanting a harsher and more broad approach to jihad. They don't want any recognition or reconciliation with the West. In addition to the threat of disillusioned fighters opting to join the medieval terrorist clan for ideological reasons, the Taliban also faces the predicament that it does not pay its members' salaries. By contrast, ISIS functions as a more oiled machine with salaries and foreign financing. The Taliban's return, preparations for martyrdom go on. For almost two decades, the Taliban waged a vicious war against US occupation and the Afghan government replete with frequent suicide attacks, claiming countless lives and limbs. But now that they have come to official power, the former insurgency still has no plans to scale back the training for quote-unquote martyrdom. The difference now is that their once covert suicide schools operate freely on bases primarily bought and paid for by the US taxpayer. They will not blow themselves up on us, says Akif Mohajia, the 32-year-old long-term Taliban member and newly appointed director for information and culture in Logar province. They are part of the special forces. If anyone or any country tries to move against our interests, they will be used. According to Mohajia, who joined the Taliban himself as a teen in 2004, explains that the process is a combination of psychological and military skills akin to any advanced army in the world. We provide them with all the equipment and facilities used in developed countries, he continues breezily. Earlier, we did the training anywhere, but since our takeover, we have facilities that the former government used. Despite overtures to eradicate opium, Taliban leaders mull legalization to boost ailing economy. From a distance, the luminous visual of white, bespeckled with the occasional pink, Bulbs rising from the arid fields could be mistaken for a pretty patchwork of colour cast against the parched terrain. But as you venture deeper into the impoverished farming fields, the seemingly innocuous flowers take on a far more sinister tone. It is not even poppy season in Afghanistan, a country which exports more than 90% of the world's heroin, yet some crops still endure across the thirsty landscape, even after 20 years and some 9.4 billion in US taxpayer dollars were poured into eradicating the illicit plant. 
We have to have an Islamic ruling and a strategy plan in place. Once we have a plan in place, we will work on it, says Haji Abdul Haq Akond Hamka, Deputy Director for Counter-Narcotics under the Ministry of the Interior, declining to elaborate on whether the plan was total er- would be total eradication of the vast poppy fields. With the US departure and the Taliban takeover in August, the former insurgency can now freely nourish and cultivate the raw element of opium and its killer byproduct, heroin. Hamka also points out that before they can undergo any form of poppy elimination, they have to help the largely cash-strapped and very poor farmers find jobs so that they can potentially, quote unquote, stop in their own. And while the top leadership of the Taliban, formerly referred to as the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, claim that they will annihilate poppy farms in the southern parcel of the war-ravished country as they endeavour to institute a hardline interpretation of Islamic law, some officials are seemingly not opposed to loopholes within their own ethical code. Hamka hinted that the door is still open to potential legalisation of farming, providing Afghans are not the ones being harmed. We either create alternative jobs or legalize it. Then the problem is solved, Hamkar conjectures. We are working on it. We are open to the idea. And you can read all those stories, uh, the links above in the newsletter. And lastly, a shout out to Benjamin Weinthal for the lovely review in the Jerusalem Post on my last book, Only Cry for the Living, Lessons from Inside the ISIS Battlefield. And he writes, McKay, a fearless war correspondent, has crisscrossed conflict areas for Fox News where I started to read her stories. I have been a dedicated reader of McKay for years because her work spills over with humanity and seeks to illuminate the struggles of ordinary people in battle zones. Her new book, Only Cry for the Living, reflects the great breadth of the veteran journalist's vision, which articulates a limitless curiosity about the Islamic heartland in the Mideast. McKay's book deals with the rise and fall of the Islamic State. Her chapter on Freed Fallujah from July 2016 is a brutal reminder of the ideology that animated the Islamic State movement. Then he quotes a passage from the book. Differing accounts were a testament to the mistrust and fear that pervaded the city. Under ISIS control, Friday morning prayers were followed by mass executions in the public square. Sometimes people were locked in cages with ravenous wild animals. Sometimes they were blown up. Sometimes they were set on fire, and other times they were driven over by armoured vehicles. So please uh, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Holly S. McKay, and the photos in the newsletter courtesy of my brilliant photographer at Jake Simkin Photos. And just lastly, please consider a paid subscription to allow us to continue this work. And thank you again for all your support.